It is good to be on the fourth Sunday of Advent, because that not only means that Christmas is just around the corner, it means that we're just 11 days away from the end of 2020. Can I get an amen? The fourth Sunday of Advent is often devoted to the key theme of love, which is a hallmark of the Christian faith. In fact, John Wesley said that a Christian ought to be a person of love, someone in whom the love of God is, quote, shed abroad in their hearts. So it's timely as we draw our year through the Bible to a close and finish up a truly difficult 2020, that we arrive at the book of the Bible that is more saturated with words of love than any other. The first epistle of John is only five chapters long, but it contains the word love more than any other book in the entire New Testament. But it's important to remember that the epistles of John are meant to be read in tandem with the Gospel of John. Now, we're not certain that they were written by the same John or for the same community, but it's clear that in the creation of the biblical canon, the Gospel of John and the letters of John are meant to complement each other. And having read John's Gospel together a few months ago, we are now able to ask and answer a timely and important question right now. What is the relationship between truth and love? Because if the epistles of John are about love, then we remember that the gospel of John was all about truth, about belief, about coming to a clarity about who Jesus is and and claiming it with certainty. John's gospel contains the words truth and belief far more than any other book in the Bible. So that invites of us This question, how are we to live in the way of both John's gospel and John's epistles in a way that is both truthful and loving? Whether you've thought about it this way or not, this is a helpful framework to describe many of the hard decisions and difficult moments in our lives, especially over the past year. Think about the nature of our political divide and our civic discourse. Think about the the number of times that we've had conversations that were not a balance between truth and love. Speaking truth without love leads to condescension and name-calling and entrenched tribalism. But love without truth can lead to moral decay, a loss of ideals, a failure to move forward as a society. Author Warren Wearsby once said, truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. We need both truth and love in the way we debate important issues. Or think about the strained relationships that you have with people you love, perhaps made even more difficult in this pandemic. In order for any loving relationship to work, whether it be in a marriage or a family relationship or or a close friendship, there needs to be a balance between speaking and hearing truth and doing so with love. In a relationship, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to speak truth to someone and being open to hearing hard truth about yourself. And sometimes the most truthful thing to do is to love that person, even when it's hard. Author Timothy Keller, in his book on marriage, put it this way, Love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. But truth without love is harshness. 
It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. We need both truth and love in our relationships. And think about this past year in our divide on race relations. Racism can be eradicated from our hearts and from our society when we are able to confront and confess the truth of our own racial biases and let love be our guiding motivation. If we rely only on truth without love in our conversations about race, then we will fail to see the humanity in those who are different from us and only inflame the divides among us. But love without truth means avoiding the conversation altogether in the spirit of false peace. We need to lean into that discomfort and hold our truth lovingly when it comes to our differences. In 1957, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was preaching at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, and he concluded his sermon with the following challenge. So this morning, as I look into your eyes and into the eyes of all my brothers in Alabama and all over America and over the world, I say to you, I love you. I would rather die than hate you. And I'm foolish enough to believe that through the power of this love somewhere, men of the most recalcitrant bent will be transformed, and then we will be in God's kingdom. We will be able to matriculate into the university of eternal life because we have the power to love our enemies, to bless those persons who cursed us, to even decide to be good to those persons who hated us, And we even prayed for those persons who despitefully used us. Wow. Dr. King's words are both true and loving, and they they are for all of us in the way we confess our own racism and work toward loving others in a way that acknowledges the dignity and worth of others. For Christian people, truth and love are two sides of the same coin especially for Methodists like us in the Wesleyan tradition. I once heard a lecture by my friend, Dr. Paul Chilcote, a longtime professor of Wesley studies. He shared the story of John Wesley's two conversion experiences. First one is well known. We call it the Aldersgate experience. Wesley was struggling in his faith about how to know, how to believe that he was truly saved. And then one night on May 24th, 1738, He stumbled upon a small group gathering in a room on Aldersgate Street. The group was studying the Bible together, and the leader was reading from Martin Luther's preface to the Book of Romans about how God has done everything necessary for us to be saved, and our our salvation required no merit or works on our part. And Wesley would write what happened next, quote, "'While the leader was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ,' I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. That was Wesley's first conversion experience, according to Dr. Chilcote, in which John Wesley developed a passion for the truth. But then there would be his second conversion experience. Wesley would take his passion for the truth and preach it near and far, out in the countryside and in the city. And and as he traveled throughout England, his, his eyes were opened to the physical needs of the people around him. 
the poor living in the streets, the, the sick lacking adequate health care, the illiterate in need of proper schooling, the, the hungry in need of food. And as a result, John Wesley became convicted to address the real-life needs of people and make that a part of his mission. And this was Wesley's second conversion experience, according to Dr. Chilcote. From that moment on, Wesley not only had a passion for the truth, he had a compassion for people. I've never forgotten that statement. For that, friends, is how to live both the gospel of John and the epistles of John. In every aspect of our lives, in our relationships with others, and in the character of our society, we need to develop a passion for truth and a compassion for people. So, as we march toward Christmas Eve, here are a few practical ways that you might live with both truth and love. First, show more than speak. Show more than speak. 1 John 3.18 says, Little children, let's not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. For John, demonstrating love is more truthful than merely speaking love. I mean, speaking love is important, but practicing love involves more self-sacrifice and more risk-taking. It was Mark Twain who added a quip to a familiar saying when he said, Actions speak louder than words, but not nearly as often. Someone else put it this way, actions speak louder than words, but consistency speaks louder than both. Demonstrating love for others with consistency is more truthful than mere words. Second, stay connected. Even when your relationship with someone is strained, or even when a large segment of the population has a completely different ideological perspective than you, Do your best to stay connected in some way. Because in matters of both love and truth, connection is better than isolation. You know, just like you need two people to experience love, you also need two people to experience truth. Just like love only happens in a mutual relationship of giving and receiving, you cannot corner the market on truth on your own. We are reliant on the perspectives and insights of other people to come to a fuller sense of truth together. And all of us need to be in a relationship with God. Verse 20 says, even if our hearts condemn us, we have confidence in relationship to God. So a balance between truth and love means staying connected to each other and to God. And finally, practice empathy. To hold your truth lovingly means to recognize that there are often multiple stories and different perspectives in any given situation, not just your own. So work to see the situation through the story of the other person. Recognize their humanity. See the image of God in them. Chapter 4 contains these powerful words. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Friends, hold your truth lovingly. Lean into the discomfort and practice empathy. 
You know, with Christmas right around the corner, we will soon be celebrating the greatest example of truth and love made real for us. Because in Jesus, God decided to show us love, not just speak it. God decided to connect with us, not just leave us on our own. And God chose to identify with us so that we might experience the truth of God's love. So friends, make this Christmas a living one as we practice both truth and love. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of Jesus who embodies the truth of our human condition and the love which can transform us. Grant us a balance between mind and heart so that we might love you with our whole lives and learn to love others. In Jesus' name, amen.